Coming up on podcast 1630, meet Mr. Tesla. No such thing as a typical buyer, but we do have the numbers on the kind of people that buy them. Stick around, I'll tell you more. Also on the show today, cutting-edge Merck Tech coming to the next C-Class. Kia Fix, cold weather, EV6 uh, temperaments, and the updated Porsche Taycan gets even hotter. Those stories and much more coming up on the podcast today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening around the world. Welcome to the show, EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information. For Friday, 21st of October, my name is Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story, thousands a day sometime so that you don't have to. In 20 minutes, get up to speed. Uh, This podcast this month is sponsored by And Charge. Grab the app if you are in the UK because they've just launched here and they're launching with a high-level reward on Ionity. So answer five quick questions about the charge location that you turn up to and get paid 10 kilometres per station. 60Ks can then be redeemed for actual money off Amazon vouchers, like £5 in credits. Not only do you earn credits for taking part in the app, but any challenge you solve, it's all about keeping pictures of the chargers up to date and and providing the charging networks with up-to-date information on what their chargers look like so they can send engineers out to fix faults, etc., things like that. Uh, Even if there's no fault detected, you can still take part in the challenge, upload the latest pictures of what the the, the station looks like, etc., download the And Charge app now. We'll kick off with news from Tesla's earnings call and something that hasn't been widely reported. And that, I think, is a very subtle shift in the language used around Tesla's driver assistance systems. Uh, Tesla's ADAS, or they call it uh, either autopilot or full self-driving or FSD beta. Elon Musk saying that the company will not get regulatory approval in 2022, signalling the company is not able to satisfy the authorities that it can be driven without somebody behind the wheel. On Wednesday's call, talking about the the profits and the results and things like that, he also touched on full self-driving and said that an upgraded version will be out before the end of the year. And while the cars are not ready to have no one behind the wheel, drivers would rarely have to touch the controls, according to a Reuters.com report. Uh, Tesla hopes to provide an update next year to show regulators that the technology is safer than the average human driving, but California's DMV saying today they have an ongoing review of the what they say is intended design and technological capabilities around Tesla. Uh, Some analysts say that the primary problem isn't the regulators, but the software itself. And, you know, my take on it is when it works, it's magic. And you just think, ah, this is just witchcraft. And when it doesn't work, it's spectacularly bad. And I guess it's about nailing the times when it goes wrong or phantom breaking and it and, and it, it does those weird things. But uh, when it works, it's just stupidly brilliant. Is that enough to convince regulators? Well, I wouldn't go in with the argument that it's stupidly brilliant, uh, but I'm not Tesla. So we'll wait and see how that goes. Next, who is Mr. Tesla? Tesla man exists. Now, I remember back in maybe, I don't know, the 90s or early noughties, uh, the UK newspapers used to talk about Mondeo man all the time as kind of a shorthand of the average the average person that drove a, like a fleet car, like an, a Ford Mondeo. And, you know, when prices would go up and it would hit, I don't know, like £50 pounds to put a whole tank of fuel in or something, they'd say, oh, bad news for Mondeo man. Well, Mr. Tesla 
is the modern day equivalent, and he does exist. Now, obviously, I'm not saying that uh, lots of different types of people buy Teslas, but if you were to try and draw some, uh, or paint with broad brushstrokes, rather, uh, Tesla drivers are, and Tesla buyers are in the majority male, and their most common jobs they do are in engineering and management of operations. A new study found that most Tesla drivers are younger than 34 years old in areas with a median household income of $85,000 on average. Interesting, because I don't tend to see a typical age. In fact, if anything, if, I, if I'm looking at Tesla drivers anecdotally driving past me, I would say that some of them are perhaps older with more disposable income, even retired possibly. But um, the car insurance app in California called Jerry uh, looked at data from 10 million trips and surveyed 62,000 drivers of all shapes and sizes, all different cars, not just Tesla. But they found that 83% of Tesla drivers were male in their particular data set. Uh, For comparison, men men were 49% of all vehicles driven, and that's about reflective of the licenses given out in the US. A third of Tesla drivers lived in zip codes where the median household was $100,000 or more. Median US household income, $70,000. 36% of Tesla drivers were homeowners uh, compared to 17% of non-Tesla drivers. And although home ownership in the US is, you know, about two thirds, about 64%, um, the number is very, very low if you only look at under 34-year-olds in the US. Uh, 70% of Tesla drivers were 34 years old or younger. So meet Mr. Tesla. He is probably under 34 years old. He works in engineering or operations management and has a median household income of $100,000 or more. There you go. Right, let's talk about the upcoming Mercedes C-Class. This is going to be a big seller, whatever they call it. You would imagine it would be called EQC, wouldn't you? Even though there is an EQC which appears to have been a one-off. The Mercedes design chief, Robert Lesnick, has been talking to Autocar magazine and talking about the range-boosting technology found inside the EQXX, uh, the aerodynamic um, kind of engineering study, really, that's done. It's done two big journeys now, and uh, they have been... um, talking about the technology inside it uh, in terms of it it wasn't a, it wasn't a performance vehicle they designed the whole car to go as far as possible so that included removing weight no thermal management active liquid cooled thermal management on the battery because well it never gets hot and i mean they're not you're not doing 0 to 60 runs in 3 seconds in this vehicle very very aerodynamic shape and I was at a talk with one of the Mercedes engineers uh, earlier this year actually and it was really really interesting and um the things that they put into this to save energy will work their way into the rest of the range. So, yeah, the C-Class sedan, which is coming in 2024, you'd think it would be EQC, they call it. I don't know how they square that away with the one that's out at the minute, though, based on the small EV platform MMA, and it will compete against, like, the BMW i4, and the Polestar 2 Model 3 starts around $50,000, you would think. That's not confirmed. Uh, probably an AMG version, I don't know. But uh, if they can get some efficiency into that, of course, it means you can have smaller battery, lighter weight, save money. Now, the Aura Cat is coming to the UK, or the Funky Cat, I should say. The Aura Funky Cat is uh, is on its way. And they've already announced what's going to follow it up. I've been talking about this this week at the Paris Auto Show. They've called it the next cat. Uh, the next Aura Cat is... Um, a four-door coupe, much bigger than the Funky Cat, and but it does share the same front end and all the same design. 
and it looks, yes, in places, a little bit porsche uh, 4.8 metres long, 1.8 metres wide, and you'd think that's kind of an Ionic 6 from Hyundai or a you know Model 3 competitor. A four-wheel drive on it, though. They say when it arrives, eventually, uh, with 400 horsepower, 0 to 60, around four seconds, 83... Uh, yeah, 83 kilowatt-hour battery, so... Uh, you would uh, you would think that that car again is going to be priced at a point that is more competitive than it's uh, the cars that it's up against. What with it being a you know a Chinese from a Great Wall Motor. Now let's go to France, where Renault's mobility company they call it Mobilize. Now the Mobilize limo is, I think, a pretty. It is a bit of a bland box, but I think it's a pretty attractive. Um, Kind of Tesla Model Three, maybe a bit, a bit like a big VW ID Three, if you like, vehicle, and it's got a solid four-star safety rating from NCAP, and that'll be good news when you're riding in the back of it, which is what you'll be doing because you can't buy it. Uh, Renault disappointing recently. The new Renault Zoe that was released had a zero-star NCAP rating. Wow, I wonder what they're doing to fix that because I certainly wouldn't be buying. A zero star, zero safety star rated vehicle uh, to put my family in. But like I said yesterday on the podcast, that rating system does get harder as the years go on. So we've had two Zoe's now. I'm a huge Zoe fan, uh, but Renault will be delighted that the next car they tested didn't come out badly. A 60 kilowatt hour battery, 280 miles of WLTP range, it's 449 kilometres. Uh, subscription services will get this, fleets, taxis, Ubers, things like that. The first 40 uh, will be in European cities by the end of the year. Made in China, by the way, and shipped over. If they put it on sale, it might even be quite popular if the price was low. Like I say, it's a little bit, you know four-door sedan by numbers, but that's okay. But anyway, it's going to be used for ferrying people around. So next time you call a car on the app or whatever one you use, it could be one of those picking you up. Right, coming up on the podcast very soon. Leave us turned on because we'll talk about a smaller Hummer EV, an updated Porsche Taycan that could be on the way. And next, Wikia, it looks like, have finally fixed uh, the cold weather issues around the EV6. Stick around, those stories are on the way. So let's get into that Kia story then. And Kia customers who were the first to get the EV6, and you can't blame them for wanting to be first on the list, did find out that their car perhaps suffers more than most in cold weather. They can now upgrade their vehicle uh, to enable some improvements. The battery preconditioning feature is standard now on the 2023 model year of the EV6 and the new EV6 GT as well, and the all-new Nero EV. Their technology, even in a vehicle like the Nero, which is great news, battery preconditioning shouldn't be assumed at those kind of lower price points of the Nero EV, but it should be for a more premium vehicle. It's now being offered as a retrofit on all of the EV6s that have been sold so far. Now, under optimal conditions, and I know my buddy Richard from RSEV, uh, when he bought his, it was either an Arnic 5 or EV6, and he drove it back down here, down south, um, he literally did do the 80% in 18 minutes, or maybe it was 20 minutes when he stopped at the uh, Ionity station. And so, yeah, you can get to 80% in 18 minutes. That's the optimal 800-volt, ultra-fast charging technology. But that is at 21 degrees celsius when it goes down to five degrees or colder outside it can take up to 35 minutes to get to 80 percent because the battery doesn't like being cold now the retrofit feature will ensure that your battery can be optimally um pre-con 
conditions. The upgrade process is all about the sat-nav system, necessary because the conditioning feature automatically preheats the battery when you set a DC fast charging station as the destination. If it's below 21 degrees and you've got 24% or more battery state of charge, it will indeed ensure that your battery is toasty warm and ready to accept the full charge, minimizing that internal resistance in the battery. Now, an updated high-performance Porsche Taycan has been seen testing, featuring aerodynamic upgrades and adapted bodywork, says Autocar. The prototype was spotted testing on track in Germany with a much lower profile than I recognize on the Taycan and a bigger rear spoiler. Front splitter as well and new side sills driven by Lars Kern. That's a Porsche factory driver. Had a roll cage, if you look at the pictures, and a racing seat. Uh, it could mean that there's a Taycan on the way that has more than the 751 brake horsepower available already in the Taycan. Goes quicker than the 0-62 miles an hour in 2.8 seconds and does a top speed of 162 miles an hour. We'll, we'll watch that one. Now, the Hummer EV simply wouldn't fit on our roads over here, even if they were to sell the Hummer it would be pointless. You couldn't park it anywhere. You couldn't really drive it anywhere. Uh, but they could make a smaller Hummer EV. 90,000 people reserved the Hummer. And the popularity has convinced executives to consider a smaller, more affordable version. Nothing's official yet, but people familiar with the matter, that old chestnut, according to Autoblog.com and Automotive News, good source, uh, reports a smaller Hummer EV exists at least in the design studio that GM has in California. No word on whether they would sign it off and it would become anything smaller than the 9,200 pound truck, which is the Hummer EV. But if it were smaller, that could work for the European market. We'll wait and see. Now, adding a battery to a car charger does lots of very, very good things. EV fast chargers, of course, can dispense a lot of power into your vehicle. Tycons, uh, the Hyundai platform, the EGMP platform cars, so the Hyundai's Kia's, the Genesis's well over 200 kilowatts of power. And now Chevron is exploring that technology, rolling out some of these chargers to their uh, Texaco and Chevron gas stations. Uh, the charging units come from Freewire. And I've talked a lot about Freewire on this show. I don't know anybody there, by the way. Never even interviewed anybody there or featured them. But I just love the technology. They put a big battery inside an EV charger, and that 160 kilowatt hour battery is a buffer. And so, if a car turns up that wants a big dump of juice on the CCS plug, uh, they can get that from the charger, and yet the charger that plugs into the power grid behind it only needs a 27 kilowatt connection because EV chargers, much of the time, aren't being used by EVs. And so, the car can dump its battery, or the, sorry, the charger can dump its battery into your car very quickly if you're lucky enough to have one of these uber-fast charging vehicles, and then maybe 10, 20 minutes go by until the next EV turns up, maybe a couple of hours. It can then trickle charge from the grid back into its integral battery. That's good because it costs almost half as much to install as a fast charger that would need that much power. Uh, it can start at $10,000 in the absence of complications, but it means that if you have, say you have a couple of 50 kilowatt, or maybe you have one, like say you have one 50 kilowatt DC fast charger that's now eight or 10 years old, and let's face it, not fit for purpose anymore. Why don't you put 
two, in place of one 50 kilowatt charger, you could put two of these ultra fast chargers in that have battery storage. And then each of those could just sip 25 kilowatts each, splitting the 50 in two. No need for really, really expensive grid upgrades. And by all means, you know, if you want to, you can upgrade the grid. But if that runs into tens, hundreds of thousands of dollars, you don't need a grid upgrade if you have them on your property um, and you can then have ultra-fast charging as as a way of attracting people to your, you know, your business and things like that, which is what, by the look of it, Chevron are doing. Electrify America doing the same thing as well, but with megawatt-level storage at their... At their sites, Electrify America unveiling the first of their megawatt-level battery storage systems, building upon their battery energy installations at 150 stations across the U.S. It's called megawatt-level energy storage. It has a solar solar canopy that can top up the battery, if you like. You know, a solar canopy is never going to be the primary source of that battery when it's as big as that. But it reduces the stress on the grid as as a giant buffer. Electrify America decided on Baker, California for their first megawatt level storage system because of its remote remote location. And there's some unique utility constraints there. So you want a high power charger at Baker, it's going to be a nightmare to get the grid into there and you know, fabulously expensive. And so they put in three megawatt hours, that's about 1.5 megawatts of energy storage. And uh, the, the solar canopy is big, it's 66 kilowatts. But like I say, it's never going to power the, charge up the whole battery. Um, Electrify America's comprehensive solution, they say, to adding power to a station. Now, finally, Envision, the battery company Envision AESC, uh, the Chinese group, announcing today that their battery business has done a deal with BMW to supply them with their next-generation batteries required. Envision AESC uh, will build a battery plant in South Carolina to supply BMW. They have a planned capacity of 30 gigawatt hours coming online in 2026. It follows uh, their plan in Kentucky uh, to build the Mercedes-Benz EVs there as well. And they supply the battery cells for the EQS and the EQE. That's your show for today. Thanks to our premium partners of the podcast on Patreon. You can become one and get your name read out every single day. That is Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Brad Crosby, Porsche of The Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging. You'll find them on the US mainland and Aloha Charge. You'll find them in Hawaii. Derek Riley, check out his brilliant EV Review Island YouTube channel as that grows all the time. And Richard at rsev.co.uk. He is your number one choice for buying and selling EVs here in the UK. Octopus Electric Universe, they do global public charging and they make it simple with one app and one map. And milbrookcottages.co.uk, five-star luxury cottages in Devon. You can book yourself in online, dead easy, a real treat and enjoy it. Have a good cinema and remember there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.